tonight on Inter Sessions. Sister Teresa Alessia Noble on Joan of Arc. Carlos Joan Mosen on St. Therese of Lisieux. And Justina Kopp on St. Giona. The saints are real. The saints are here. The saints can help. This is Intercessions. My name is Sister Teresa Alethea Noble, and I'm a sister with the Daughters of St. Paul. I have many favorite saints, but one of the dearest to me is St. Joan of Arc. I was an atheist for almost a dozen years, but even in my atheism, I really admired her. Her life is really absolutely baffling to people who don't believe in God, and this is one of the reasons I love her and saints like her. She was born in the early 15th century, and she was a young peasant girl of 13 when she first heard St. Michael speak to her. St. Catherine and St. Margaret also spoke to her. These voices told her of a mission she had to free France from the rule of the English. Now, a lot of people back then and even now had different explanations for why she did what she did. And many tried to explain it away for different reasons. Some said that she had a mental illness. Others said that she was being used by the king and she really was just an ignorant peasant girl. But there are aspects of her story and in historical records that are absolutely inexplicable without supernatural explanations. For instance, she knew and predicted several times that she would help raise the siege of Orleans and help make sure King Charles VII was crowned king in Reims. And both of these things came to pass. I think the main thing that I really admire about Joan is the fact that she believed in the power of God. No matter what she knew that God was going to do, he had told her he was going to do. Despite the fact that what he had told her he was going to do through her seemed to everyone else but Joan really unlikely and kind of absurd. But she believed it and she was bold in her belief in God's power. So that's really... That's really something that we can all kind of ask for her intercession in our lives to help us to be bold in our belief that God can do great things through all of us. Hey, my name is Carlos Dramosin. I'm a seminarian studying for the Archdiocese of New York, and I'm in the middle of my theological studies at St. Joseph Seminary, and I wanted to share my story of how I discovered St. Therese of Lisieux. My mom and aunt always had a devotion to her long before I did, and I want to say that it was their prayers to St. Therese to intercede for my vocation to the priesthood that really led me to find out that she was really keeping a close eye on me, so close that I started noticing at every place I was assigned to for pastoral ministry or every church that I visited, she was always there. 
literally. There was always a picture or statue of St. Therese everywhere I went. I remember taking a personal retreat day at a monastery in the Bronx that was home to some cloistered Dominicans. I set aside that Saturday really just to contemplate all day and spend some time with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And as I entered the chapel, the first thing, the very first thing that I saw was St. Therese just chilling in the corner. And my first thought was, what's a Carmelite doing in a Dominican monastery? That's so weird. But I just knew that she was praying for me, especially that day, as she does every single day. The more I've read about her, the more I've learned from her, and the closer I've gotten to her. And I can honestly say that besides the Blessed Mother, she's my number one companion when it comes to intercessors for my future priesthood. She's my go-to saint for everything, and I know she's always praying for me. And I know that in the future, come ordination, I'll be dedicating my priesthood to her intercession. St. Therese of Lisieux, pray for us. Hi, my name is Justina Kopp, and I live in the Twin Cities in a suburb just outside of Minneapolis. I live here with my husband, Matthew. We will have been married five years this September, and we have quadruplet toddlers who are almost four. Their names are Cora, Raphael, Theodore, and Benedict. So I'm gonna talk about my friendship with St. Gianna. Prior to Matthew, uh, the guys that I had dated were just a little bit more emotionally turbulent. I chalk that up to just being young because I was more emotionally turbulent too. So once I started dating Matthew at long last, I really was drawn to Matthew's stability and just how steady he was. Early on in our relationship, I started reading the book Journey of Our Love that has the letters that St. Gianna and her husband Pietro exchanged throughout their dating, engagement, and their marriage. And these letters are so pure and so ordinary. The words that they use, I mean, Italians just, they have a way with words. So they're just deeply romantic, even if they're talking about the most mundane of things. But that's what I loved about these letters was just that how ordinary and steady their love was. And it was something that I really deeply desired for my own life, that that's, that's what I wanted for me and for Matthew in our marriage. And especially once we would you know, get married and have children of our own. I was so moved by these letters that there was, there was one time that I had gotten off of work early and I was going to meet Matthew at a coffee shop and I'm sitting in this Starbucks near his apartment waiting for him and I just pull out this book and start reading and I'm sobbing. <laughs> I don't even realize that I'm sobbing and this really old man sort of hobbles over to me and he's like, ma'am, are, are you okay? And I was like, it's just so beautiful <laughs> as I'm like weeping, tears just streaming down my face. Um, but it was just, it was so moving and so pure. Um, and I highly recommend that book to anyone who is pursuing marriage or is married uh, just cause it's so, uh, it's such a good example. And so the opposite of a Hollywood rendition of marriage. One thing that we did leading up to our wedding day 
that we sort of stole from <laughs> from Gianna and Pedro was this tritium. The days leading up to their wedding day, they went to mass um, each day together. And so Matthew and I made a point of doing that and making our own little triduum. And gosh, it just transformed that day for us. And I feel like it really set us off on the right foot. So Matthew and I got married 364 days after our first date for anyone <laughs> who's keeping track. And we went back to Italy because that's where we met and Italy means a lot to both of us. And we made sort of a pilgrimage while we were there to visit as many saints as we could. And one of the saints that we made a point of visiting was St. Gianna. And she is buried in a really small town outside of Milan. Again, just the most ordinary, ordinary place. She's got a family mausoleum at the edge of town and there's a shrine in the city center and we visited both places and when I visited her gravesite it was it was like I was visiting a, a family member and I just I broke down in sobs and I just I prayed like I'd never prayed before and we went to the shrine and there was a book there where you could write your petitions or write notes of thanksgiving to Saint Gianna I left a note there because just prior to getting married I got a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome and I I was so worried that this desire that I had for children wasn't going to be. Just, I poured my heart out to her and said, hey, can you help me out? I really want to be a good wife and mother and you were a good wife and mother. And asked her to show me the way how to be a, a selfless mother and a steady wife. When we got back from our honeymoon, we found out just days later that we were pregnant and I was overjoyed and immediately thought back to St. Gianna. <clears throat> Unfortunately, we lost that baby. Um, we found out at seven weeks that our, our baby had died. And the days that followed were very dark. I turned to her and I, I found myself rereading some of those letters and also clinging to Mary and um, I like to think that <laughs> between the intercession of Mary and St. Gianna that I ended up with <laughs> these four babies, the surprise of our life. I turned to her again throughout that pregnancy and just held on for dear life <laughs> because it was thrilling, extraordinary, terrifying, doing something that few people have done, carrying quadruplets and I really strive now, especially now that these kids are almost four, to just dwell in the ordinary and to find the joy and the love that exists in these beautiful, boring moments. Because they're not that boring at all.
Intercessions is a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. To support this podcast and others like it, visit patreon.com slash grexley. To listen to other Grexley podcasts, visit grexley.com. 